Welcome to the Good Talent Podcast. My name is Tony Nichols, the CEO and founder of Good Talent Media. It's great to have your company. We help organizations get their messages across in the media. Got John Sullivan, the Welshman, with me today, almost as always. It's becoming a regular thing, John. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I kind of come to view it now as some form of therapy, and it's helping me become a better person and, and learn from, from the very best people like you, Tony. So I'm enjoying it. Always saying the right things. <laughs> hey, uh, today is all about helping you give a gun presentation. Definitely. Now, we're ex journos, and I guess we had the opportunity and still do, in fact, to be in the media and really present on steroids yeah. and influence on steroids. It's quite a big stage and a big platform. You can achieve huge things, but to rise to that moment, it's pretty handy to have some good presentation skills. So I want to pair it back to the lectern or pair it back to the boardroom and just highlight a few things, John, that people have to get right. Yeah, one of the things that uh, you preach, which I absolutely love, is that it's the mindset, the mindset shift you have to have, Tony, which is, it's not about you, it's about your audience. Often, I used to go into presentations when I was younger and probably more insecure and thinking about my own ego and my own performance. How am I going to come across today? Are people going to like me? Are they going to think this is a great presentation? And perhaps you come to it then with the wrong lens. But if you come to it really thinking about, well, what, what are my audience here today to, to gain from this session? And truly, what can I gain and learn from them as well? If I come to it with that proper endeavor, I feel like I'm already off to a better start. I think you're right on there. Self-consciousness is the killer. What you've got to remember is this presentation isn't about you. It's not about you, how you look, your slides. It's not even about what you're about to say. It's about how you can help that audience. So I want you front up, hopefully, to get into a paradigm shift where it's almost, when you do it right, you almost aren't even there. Yeah. You aren't there, in fact, because you're, you're, all you're doing is about the audience. So that other outer body sort of vibe that you can get is a great feeling. Exactly right. And one of the biggest uh, myths around presentations, I think, is that people often produce beautiful slide decks or beautiful speaking notes, and they think, I'm done. But that's almost guaranteeing you're not going to get the kind of encounter you want, because I think if you go in there more about engaging your audience, they're going to be far more involved, and it's not going to be death by PowerPoint. Let's be fair, we all turn off. I remember showing up to uni for an assessment, which was a presentation, right? <laughs> and we're all sitting through each other's presentations, and it was death. Yeah. And our group rolled in with ours, and as soon as the class realised it was a presentation evening, people just got up to storm out the door. Yeah. Because... They're like, no thanks. Yeah, but, but we, we know how hard it is, right? It's yeah. agonising listening to a poor presenter. Definitely. And you are on the pathway to being a terrible presenter if all of your prep is on the slide deck Definitely. and you're just terrified because you just don't have the right mindset. So let's break it down, John. If we're making it all about the audience, yeah. how do we pull that apart and start feeling better straight away in the prep? I think one really good thing to do is take a, a sense check of who's in the room. Who is my audience? Who am I speaking to? And make sure that I'm hitting my notes at the right level because I don't want to sort of come in too high level if, if I'm dealing with people who operate at a lower decision-making capacity, for example. And I don't want to come in sort of too low if I'm dealing with people who are really, you know, ultra-experienced decision-makers and really I'm not hitting my right strides for them. How can you help them? You've got to work that out. Why are you there? How can you help them? And I think that's got to come out of your mouth straight away. Definitely. The first words you're sort of uttering is, well something like, I know you all want to achieve this. Do you agree? Is that what's really important to you? Well, today's really going to be the three simple steps on how you're going to get there as fast as possible. Yeah. So here we are. So you're kind of on board with that or not. And I guess you do become more confident as you get into this. Someone like me would even say, hey, if you're in the wrong room, yeah. here's your two minutes to pick up your gear and leave because this plane's about to take off to London and we want to make sure you're on the right flight. 
So in a way now, I'm being very um, contrary. I'm being very, uh, what's the one, I'm finding the, I'm so finding the words. Perhaps you're yeah, trying yeah. to get to the core purpose of why, why they're there. Hey, and I'm also saying, screw all of you. Yeah. If you're not on this journey with me, get out. Yeah. And now I'm actually controlling the room because it's this is not an opportunity now for the best speakers. They will not tolerate people sitting on their mobiles, people being distracted, people actually not engaging and being with them. So you can get to that level of confidence. And you know what? When you think about it, right? If you're giving a presentation and you help one person in that room, that's a win. So why not get the other 99 out of the room and just help that one person? But I promise you, if you're that confident from the front, the other 99 all of a sudden are on the edge of their seats. What's this person going to do next? Captivating. What what is going to be said next? And I find it helps me, Tony, before I go into any presentation situation, to visualise, well, what are some of the things I think I might be talking about? What are the things they may ask me? And it's good for me to run through in my head. How How can I make this information relevant and resonate with my audience? And if I keep it to two or three bullet points in my own mind, I find that comforting because I feel like I've got something I can immediately go to if I need to, and I'm not bombarding myself with a complex thought process, you know? You've got to dump the scripts. Yeah. Don't go out there trying to read a script. I mean, it shocks me still. And it's comical, isn't it? Yeah. Well, okay, okay, it's sad. It is. It is sad or comical. I guess it's the... Depends aw- where your empathy's lying at the time. The awful part of us could get a giggle. Yeah. But then the more compassionate part of us is feel sorry for these people. People standing there shaking, reading a script. Yeah. For heaven's sake. Yeah. Those days are gone. Of course. You should be up there with a point to make and then you give an example. So you make a point. Then you give an example. You make another point. Then you give another example. Such a simple method, John. Definitely. And um, that's how I like to absorb information. If I'm looking at a presenter, I like to engage with them as a person, try and relate to them. Where can I relate to them? Where am I different? And then obviously their level of expertise, their insights that I can't access yet because I've not lived it. I've not done it. For me, they're the high level opportunities I'm trying to give to people in an audience, you know. And the classic thing, Tony, humour, reading a room, engaging people, body language. I know we'll go through the basics about appearance and perhaps what you should eat and drink before and a good night's sleep and exercise. Let's be fair, all these things play a part and I guess going in with a positive mindset, this might not go how I think it's going to go, but I've got a plan. I think our anxiety, we're linked to events and things we're scared of, right? Of course. So I'm not that keen on flying, for example. Yeah. So I was in a particularly anxious, hard time of my life. I got on a flight and I had a panic attack. Yeah. And it was awful, but I obviously came out of it and everything was fine. But I don't know how many years later now, 15 years later, I still think about flying a little bit because I anchor it into that time of deep anxiety and drama that I was in. But my baseline stress was through the roof. The fact is flying for me is fine if I'm relaxed and feel normal. But at that time in my life, I couldn't cope with much. So I think we do the same with presenting. Yes. And if our baseline anxiety is really high, presenting, doing anything we're scared of is going to be a drama. So you make a good point. I think if you've got a presentation coming up and you're a bit anxious, it's time to take days off and nurture yourself. Definitely. Look after yourself. Get the rest in. I always operate better when I've had a good night's sleep. Maybe I've eaten some nutritional food, whatever that might be. I've got some air in my lungs. I know one thing we like to do is duck out and go for a couple of laps of the CBD to get some air in our lungs, you know, albeit polluted air perhaps. But anyway, it makes you feel good. You know, your blood is pumping and you feel like you've got a clear head and you want to come in with some energy. You want to have a presence, I guess. Let's wrap up with the key point here. Tell stories. Oh, definitely. Okay, I'll give you a brief one. I started this business nine years ago now. When I first left newsrooms, I didn't really know what I was doing. But, you know, you're looking to help people, and through helping people, revenue is usually attached to to that. I had some schools reach out to me to teach presenting to schools, 
to the school. Year 12 was right, it was a pretty big deal. I remember getting invited to like the elite secondary school groups of grammar schools. Yeah. So I'm in front of these people on stages and I'm not without my nerves. And I remember telling a story, I had these taxi door ears. So I had my ears pinned back. I went to my parents sort of as a 15 or 16 year old and said, I can't live with this anymore. I had these huge taxi door ears that stuck out at 90 degrees. And it was yeah. awfully embarrassing. You seem really devastated. Well, I, I never realized you got beautiful ears. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Well, I, 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 I had you know, a bit of surgery to fix them up, yeah, right? Yeah, look good, yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but so I thought, okay, I've got a teenage audience in front of me here, yeah. acutely self-conscious about how they look. I can relate to that. Yeah. Because I was a kid with huge barn door ears, getting teased, people coming up behind me, flicking. Yeah. Uh, I remember that hailing abuse and running, because if I had to got a hold of them, it would have been a problem. But, but you yeah. know, it wasn't easy. It was this, a lived experience. So you were yeah. related to that time in your life when yeah. you're vulnerable and you're not, you haven't got high self-esteem perhaps about how you physically look and maybe, you know, carry yourself. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. So I thought, okay, I'm teaching these kids how to present. The key thing, guys, is to tell stories. Yeah. So I told that story about myself and how hard it was. And, uh, there was no script involved there because it's my story. Authenticity. It's total, right? And it's vulnerability. So you tell stories about yourself or your experience that are emotional and make you vulnerable. Definitely. You're connecting with the audience 100%. Yeah, people respect that because you don't have to go there, dear. And by telling those stories, I think, well, I respect that person. They've shared something. You're more likely to share something yourself that's meaningful. But you won't do that if you think it's sort of a defensive game going on. You know, if someone serves your balls like tennis, you'll probably return it. But if you want to connect with an audience, and really achieve something and be unforgettable. Like, you could tell stories that people don't forget for the rest of their life. Yeah. That is actually entirely possible. And that's what good talent do. That's power. Yeah, it is. It is power. It's vulnerability. It's storytelling. It's emotional. But you've got all 100 people in that room captivated. Mm. You're winning. Mm. And look at the opposite. The opposite, I'm terrified, it's all about me, I'm shaking with my white paper in front of me with a PowerPoint. That's death. Yeah, you don't feel good, they don't feel good. Yeah. No one's taking anything from that. So I love that approach. Yeah, so yeah, we might leave you with that. I think uh, be vulnerable, tell stories, make sure it's not about you. No. That's the golden thing. Yeah, and try and enjoy the experience of interacting with people. It's never going to go exactly how you think it's going to go. Definitely. So be prepared to have a plan, but change it as needed. Absolutely. John Sullivan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you.